can you remember a time when you were in Babylon, like those people to whom Isaiah was writing? Can you remember a time when your life seemed not to be your own? When everything you ever dreamed or waited for seemed far away and life just wasn't what it was supposed to be? The other day, a woman called us money, and she said to me, every time I get some money, I have to hand it to the landlord. She's not wrong. The average monthly rent for a two-bedroom apartment in Marin is 1905, which means that a renter would have to make 37.63 an hour, which also means that in this county, rent is beyond the capacity of 64% of the renting population. We don't even need to discuss the fact that the median cost of the house is $950,000. This woman, and many more, is in Babylon, and she is not making friends with the Babylonians, and she needs a savior. If you can remember those days in Babylon, maybe a depression, an illness, a sweep of financial strain, a child gone astray, a wretchedly broken heart, can you also remember what you would have given for someone to come along and take it all away to say to you, trust me, I'm going to help you fix Being in Babylon gives rise to serious self-doubt. It sucks up all your energy. It blasts out all your interest in life and makes you alive. And if it goes on and on, it becomes part of you. And you are no longer that person who is having a bad experience. You are the bad experience. Other people see you as that bad luck, that person who loses jobs a lot, or who is always sick, or whose kid is really messed up, or who is homeless. No longer a person with family and friends and dreams and hopes and something to offer the world. That's now that homeless guy, that jobless guy, that sick man. To those people, to those really down-and-out folks who waited for decades for the sun to come up again, Isaiah is talking this morning, he is saying, why do you say my way is hidden from the Lord, my right is disregarded by my God, or why doesn't God know what I'm going through? He is saying, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God and his understanding is unsearchable. He knows about everything and everybody. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and shall not an eagle's wing. Your God knows your suffering, and your God will not let you sink under the weight of that suffering. Your God is with you. Of course, no one would have believed Isaiah when he said that bit about lifting, being lifted up on eagle's wings, had not Cyrus been there to prove what Isaiah was promising, because Cyrus was getting ready to release the captive. Poetry is nice, but it's not enough when you've been starving in one way or another for so long you can barely remember when you weren't. You need to see action to believe in salvation. And so it is that Jesus chose the possessed and the mother-in-law to heal. The eccentric, the psychotic, the alienated, the bizarrely behaved and the exquisitely depressed, these are the possessed and the women, who were in their own kind of Babylon, 
the kind we think of as unacceptable and unaccepted. To the completely disenfranchised, Jesus goes to work his miracles. Surely it would have been more newsworthy to cure the rich and the famous and the powerful. Surely it would have been easier to stay in one place and allow his worthy Jewish disciples to bring their acceptable families for healing. But just as Isaiah would have been ignored if Cyrus hadn't been making real efforts to send the Jews back to Jerusalem, Jesus would not have made his message clear if he had only ministered to the privileged. Because the point was, as St. Paul so succinctly puts it today, I have become all things to all people so that I might by all means save some. The healing miracles held so much meaning because they were given to people who knew the darkness of Babylon all too well because Jesus meant to convey, I think, that when you have it to give, you give it to those who have nothing. You can't keep giving and giving to those who already have so much they can't keep track. You can't save people who won't notice. You can't reveal God to people who aren't even looking at you. Paul takes it another step, as always, in Paul's way of thinking, in Paul's idea about Isaiah. One does whatever it takes for whomever one can find. A slave of all. And especially those people, those people who have nothing, for whom life is barely tolerable, for whom community is no more than a dream, those people are the people to whom we become servants. All for the sake of giving them a reason to believe that there is good news. Action before salvation. We've been given the good news. We have the good news right here in this church every day. You are the good news. You are the good news for each other. You have shared yourselves with each other with love and generosity for decades upon decades. And you have shared your wealth with those people in this community whose needs are so desperate. But now, now it is time to think about how to be the good news. How to be action. Not just to give money, but to be the gospel. To give people something which they can believe and see that salvation is real, that love is real, that love is for them. The hundreds and hundreds of homeless people of Marin need the good news. There are so many, many people who need help. People who are hungry in violent relationships, who have children in trouble, who are suffering from addiction, or who are imprisoned. But we have chosen this year to follow the Spirit to the homeless. To be the gifts of God to the homeless people of God. Think about what we can be. We have gifted people here in this church. Kind and generous people. Smart and articulate people. Hard-working and compassionate people. All those gifts are needed in the service of homelessness. All those gifts are the good news. Please volunteer for one of our activities here in Lent. And while you're doing that, think about what it would take to push the envelope a little further to really move up the standard in this community. It's not that you need one more thing to do. It's that this congregation needs to come together to be the face of Christ 
outside the walls of this church together. We don't have to do it alone. There are so many other congregations doing great things who need our help. We don't have to do everything. But if we don't do something, there will be people in your community to whom the good news will never come. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon.